1: Welcome Into the Lounge, presented by DraftKings. We have put together our off-season blueprint for the Ravens' 2023 off-season. We're going to get this laminated. We're going to deliver it to Eric DeCosta. He's going to say, thank you very much, guys. You've solved all of my problems. Uh, work's done. Yeah. You know? And so...
2: The lamination it, is the key. The lamina-
1: was- oh, if it's not laminated, it's not real. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, it's some nice, like, thick, nice yeah. cardstock. Mm-hmm. We'll make it nice.
2: Okay, perfect, okay. perfect. But
1: before we deliver it to him, we'll deliver it to the fans. Out yes, here. to the listeners. So, uh, it's going to be a busy offseason. There's a, a lot of things to figure out. A lot of moving pieces. Obviously, Lamar being the by far the biggest. Um, and so we're going to kind of go through this step by step, chronologically. Right? Like these are the decisions the Ravens have to make in building this team, which I th- I think you know John Harbaugh and Eric DeCosta said in in the press conference, season ending rep press conference. They feel like they're pretty close to building a champion. And I agree. Mm -hmm. Like, when you go through these decisions, I don't think, you know, Lamar aside, that's obviously a huge one that has a huge ripple effect on everything. Like, this team is well set up already. They're in good position. And it's it's kind of tweaking it to get
2: over that hump, right? And so... I agree. I also think that I've been with the Ravens since 2011. And this, to me, is probably the most interesting offseason of that entire time now now maybe after 2012 after the Super Bowl where Joe Flacco was a free agent Mm -hmm. was the other one you know that was probably the the most comparable you know that you have this guy who's a first-round pick and your franchise quarterback now Joe just won a Super Bowl right um there, there was,
1: there weren't all the questions surrounding Joe that there is this offseason with Lamar.
2: There, there weren't, but I do actually remember. Like, I remember back that year being at the combine and talking to people, and like some of the questions that we're going to talk through today: franchise tag, exclusive tag, non-exclusive tag. Like, some of that stuff was like, mm-hmm. it wasn't as, uh, I guess, mainstream as the conversations around Lamar. And, and also part of that's probably because Lamar such a like, dynamic player who has won an MVP. But, I mean, Joey just won a Super Bowl MVP that year. So, yeah. so anyway, it's just, I think this is the most interesting offseason in a long time and maybe the most interesting offseason that, you know, most Ravens fans have ever seen. Yeah, I agree with that.
1: All right, so let's start out here. Uh, the salary cap, it, a lot of this stuff is projections. People don't, it hasn't been set yet, right? Yep. But the projected salary cap is going to be right around $225 million. This is... We'll give a shout out here. Before yeah, we get yeah. to free agency, do we want to just? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah back, back, okay. back yeah. it up. Back. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> got ahead of my back. It up. First decision that needs to be made is offense coordinator. Yeah. Okay.
2: We don't. We don't have a decision on that yet. You know, the That's Ravens correct. have reportedly done a bunch of interviews, but we're waiting. That's correct. And also, I don't know if that decision, like, will that happen before Super Bowl? Like, definitely. Um, I don't know we'll that it's guaranteed. You know, I think that like if the Ravens end well, up one having of co- interest in one, one of the coaches from exactly. one of the teams that are in the Super Bowl, that decision could ultimately wait until after that point.
1: That's exactly right. So that, you know, I don't think that has, that decision I don't think plays a lot into the roster makeup, like the the following roster decisions, I don't think, uh, because they want to upgrade the passing game regardless. Mm-hmm. They, they've already said they want to remake the wide receiver room. So I, I honestly don't think that, You know, obviously, your offensive coordinator is going to have ideas of how they want their scheme that they want to deploy, and thus you want to build a roster, you know, that capable of deploying that scheme. Right. But I don't don't think it has that big of a ripple effect from a big-picture perspective.
2: Yeah, I don't know that it's massive. I think that it has – you can kind of – you might be able to read some of the tea leaves depending on who the Ravens end up hiring as an offensive coordinator. They've reportedly looked internal and external with Mm -hmm. internal candidates – um, James Urban, George Godsey, mm-hmm. um, T. Martin potentially, mm-hmm. and so that's, if they were to go internal, does that is that an indication that they want to, um, you know, maintain a lot of the the run schemes that were here in place? Well, of they already running. said
1: they, they want to maintain that regardless, right? I
2: think. And, and but if they were to go out and they hire a passing game coordinator, you know. How different does it, basically how much is the offense going to change? I think that's like kind of the question. How much is this offense going to change? Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on who they hire, will will dictate how much that offense changes to to a certain degree. Yeah. And then I think that that could kind of give you an indication of how they want to build the rest of their team. You know, like is it going to be a very tight end centric offense still? Mm-hmm. Um, George Gottlieb might say yes, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, or is it? Or is this going to be more? You know more receiver-based. I think right. that, like, that's... Mm-hmm. So, we don't know which direction the Ravens are going to go there. I agree with you. I don't think it's massive because I think that regardless of who the Ravens end up hiring for that role, they're going to be looking to upgrade the passing game and they're going to be remaking the receiver room and they yeah. want to add some some young talent to that group. Yep. Um, but I think that will be kind of the first domino to fall as the Ravens build out this offseason roadmap. I agree. All right, so, now... Back to where I was. Free agency. Free
1: agency. This is kind of pre-free agency, so you got to set the table right where the salary cap is. Right as I said, around two hundred and twenty-five million dollars projected. Um, and a tip of the cap to Brian McFarland of Russell Street Report, mm-hmm. who's kind of the the resident salary cap guru. Yes. Media salary cap guru. So thank you very much, Brian. If you haven't checked out his work, uh, head over to Russell Street Report to do so. Yeah. Um, he educates a lot of us out there <laughs> on this kind of stuff, so it's good stuff. Um, so let's just figure if you're using the 225 million dollars for the estimated cap the ravens initially have around 35.7 million dollars in cap space right but that's accounting for just the 41 players that are already under contract yeah right so y- you build out a full 90 man roster it gobbles up more of that right mm-hmm. and a lot of those contracts obviously aren't the big ones or whatever but like well some of them could be <laughs> but uh one of them could be one of know. them could be particularly large <laughs> <laughs> um, but like You know, you have to fit a lot of players under that thirty five point eight basically million dollars, right?
2: you look at that number and you're like, Okay, nice. You got thirty, you know, thirty to forty million dollars salary cap base. you don't have your quarterback under contract right. as part of that. Exactly. You're like, mm-hmm. Oh, we got some room here to make some Now, cause the cost said in the end of season pressure, like, we're in better shape than than, you know, a lot of teams. Which is true. Well, and meant you talked about Joe Flacco. He said we couldn't
1: really we weren't in a position where we could franchise Joe Flacco right. back in twenty thirteen. Right. You know, so like had to get that long term deal, which Yeah, gave Flacco more leverage and all that stuff, right, Mm -hmm. for record-breaking contracts. So they're in a different position right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, So obviously, as we said, Lamar is the biggest piece of this puzzle, right? And the first decision they're going to have to make, obviously they made the decision that they want to sign him to a long-term contract, right? They they made that very clear in the season-ending press conference. So they will work towards reaching that agreement with him. If they do then you get a lot more, you're in a lot better salary cap position, right, because they could structure that in a way that gives them a lot more flexibility early on in the contract. That's
2: often how it works.
1: You know, they have a smaller hit earlier, or, and then it gradually builds throughout the contract. I mean, right? just
2: going back to the Flacco deal, that was like, that was kind of a classic case of that, a very small contract early on, and then right. that ballooned on the back end of that contract, which ultimately ended up, Leading to another contract, the exactly kind of flattened that some they of had that. to
1: basically right. come to another agreement, right? Because the number is going to be astronomical.
2: I do think that the expectation, and Eric Acosta has said this over his time as general manager, that generally speaking, I think that they would like that to be a little flatter. Yes, exactly. They don't and want they this have steep, the ex- steep
1: climb. Exactly, exactly. They have structured contracts more in that way. Yeah,
2: but and
1: and so maybe with you know if you're saying we have thirty five point eight in salary cap space, like Lamar doesn't have to have whatever, a $5 million hit in the first year mm-hmm. to the salary cap. You know, you could make that, whatever, 15, 20, yeah. and still be able to put pieces around him, right? So so in that respect, I think they are in good salary cap position, like Eric's referring to, yeah, right? Um, but anyway, if they reach an agreement with him, it's uh, it's probably going to be a lower hit than a franchise tag yeah, would yeah. be. Right, yeah. We can assume, right? So that's the first goal is to reach that long-term contract extension with Lamar. Obviously, it remains to be seen whether that happens or not. They've been working at that for a long time. We all cross our fingers and hope so. If that does not happen, they're going to get to March 7th, and they're going to put a franchise tag on him. Mm-hmm. The question becomes, which franchise tag do they put on Lamar Jackson? Is it the exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive franchise tag?
2: And I think this is an important distinction because I Very think important, uh, critical, but I don't know that, you know, when you talk about the franchise tag in most instances, it just get like I think a lot of fans don't even realize there's two franchise tags like mm-hmm. I didn't even know that there's two franchise tags. yeah so go ahead and explain what the difference is. So the
1: exclusive franchise tag would mean that Lamar Jackson is the Ravens for another year at at least right No he can't negotiate with another team no team can negotiate with him. He is under the Ravens control for another year, right uh, in which they could still work out a long-term deal. After they put the exclusive franchise tag on him, uh, but it locks him into Baltimore for another year. Mm-hmm. It also comes at a higher price. The price of the franchise exclusive franchise tag is projected to be forty five point two two million dollars. So we talked about a thirty-five point eight million dollars in cap space. If they put the exclusive on them, we're basically the Ravens jump so, to ten million over. Suddenly you're in the red. Suddenly you're in the red. Right? I don't like living in the red. <laughs> right? And so, uh, yeah, that's a costly thing. But it it means Lamar Jackson absolutely one hundred percent will be with mm-hmm. the Ravens. You know, uh, for another year. Yep. Right. Um, the other option is the non-exclusive tag. Right. Uh, I, I say 100%, you know, they could, there could be a trade. They could do that or whatever, but that puts him under contract for another year.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, basically, the, the exclusive. Once the, he signs the tech. Right. with the exclusive te- Right. Of course, you can go all down the situations. Right. You know, exactly. like Le'Veon Bell, you know, didn't play. You know, exactly. You, know, you could go down that path. But, like, just for, for the discussion here, like, um, it prevents him from negotiating with another team. Exactly. It, it prevents him from going and just yes. signing another. You know, But the non-exclusive franchise tag leaves the door open for exactly. another team to come in and say, hey, we'd like to offer you a long-term contract. Exactly. Can we so give then, you a call? So
1: then Lamar can negotiate with other teams. They can reach an offer sheet, an agreement, basically, on a, a contract. The Ravens then would be given the chance to match that offer, right? If they do not match that offer, then they get two first-round picks
2: in return, mm-hmm. right? So, and what's the price point of the non exclusive?
1: That's 32.45. So, we're talking 13 essentially, 13 million dollars less. Yeah, okay. If if he goes with a non exclusive, the Ravens are in the black, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? So, in a better position that way, but you're running the risk of Lamar reaching an agreement with another team. And now you have to decide, okay, is that a contract that we're willing to match that we want to match, or are you losing this superstar quarterback? And and getting just two first round picks in return, which I think we will probably all agree, is less compensation than you would expect for a player of Lamar's stature.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, like if you were to like you look at some of the trades over the last year, exactly. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, right. they all went for higher prices on the trademark market. Higher. Yeah, so like and they th- were older. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you could and he had and litigation against them, right? And all and all, and also like you could just. I think Lamar's better, you know, so, so just like add that on top of it. So like you would think that like that, that contract or that compensation would be higher for right. those two first round picks.
1: Exactly. So it's a gamble, right? It, it and and Eric DaCosta said, you know, when he was asked which tag would you put on Lamar Jackson, he said, quote, I've thought about it every day, but I'll be honest, we don't have to make that decision for whatever it is, six weeks maybe. So he said we're gonna go down to Florida at some point and talk about that. Mm-hmm. But the hope is that they have Lamar already signed to a long term deal and they don't have to have this conversation about which tag to put on yeah, him. Yeah, that was that was he's that, thought about it every day, he says.
2: Yeah, that was the other part of his I don't know if is that answer or a different answer where he said like it'd be great to get that in Florida and not have to talk about exactly that contract because we've already done it. it's done exactly. <laughs> that would be nice exactly
1: um, but it's it's you know clearly weighed on his mind because obviously it's a possibility that he could get tagged uh huh um, you know so really if if Lamar has obviously the Ravens and Lamar have not been able to reach a long term extension. Will Lamar be able to reach a long-term extension with another team? Will he get the deal that he's seeking from another team? That's kind of the question, right? Or do the Ravens feel like whatever deal he reaches with another team, we feel like we know the market out there Mm -hmm. well enough, and we think whatever deal he's able to get, nobody else is going to give a better deal than us, basically, is the gamble. Mm -hmm. If the Ravens don't feel like another team is going to give him a better contract offer than they have, then the non-exclusive tag makes sense. Yeah. Because then whatever deal he's able to reach on the open market, they'll say, all right, we'll match that. Yeah. Right? And so it's a, it's a really interesting dynamic whether they want to gamble. But it only takes one team. If you put the non-exclusive tag on him, and then he works out a whatever it is, a fully guaranteed contract, whatever it is, with yeah. some other team, and gets the deal that he's looking for, then you might lose him. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a real gamble.
2: Yeah, I don't have a good feel for which tag they'll put on him if they get to that point. Yeah, like I really don't. I just think that, like, I mean, I think that you, I think that you would prefer the non-exclusive. It comes at a much cheaper price point, and if you do the exclusive, that really kind of hinders your ability to go out and. We're going to talk and about get a this. wide receiver you that you're looking at. Yeah, it. yeah. So for everybody looking for the Ravens to trade for DeAndre Hopkins, right? Uh, the the ability to do that diminishes significantly if you got Lamar on the exclusive tag. Right. Pretty much disappears. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. So like and then and then when you're talking about guys like you know Calais Campbell and Marcus right. Peters you know we'll get to all of that but like the ability to to keep players like that or bring in expensive free agents like if he's at that tag it's very challenging to do so right so I think that the preference would be at I mean the preference is the long term deal get that done exactly um, but if you get to the point where there's a set where you're on the franchise tag I think. I guess I would say the non-exclusive, but you're running the risk. It's basically insurance. Do you want to be uninsured? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's the risk that you run if you go with the non-exclusive you, tag. You just always talk about it only takes one
1: team. Yeah. Right? Like maybe not, you know, there might not be 10 teams that would give the deal Lamar the deal that he's looking for, but there might be one. Yeah. Who who wants that kind of star power to add that star power to their team and feels like he's the missing piece. Whatever, right? Like it only takes one. And so, you know, but the Ravens might look at it and say, we've had a hard time getting a, a deal done. Everybody else is probably going to have a hard time too. Right. Right. So it's, it's uh, I don't know either which way that could go. Yeah, that's tough. That is tough. I can see why Eric Acosta's thought about that every day. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving on from that decision, obviously that has a ripple effect on everything else, right? But either way, most likely, if the Ravens, even if the Ravens were put were to put the non-exclusive tag on Lamar, that only that they're still tight against the cap, right? That's thirty-two point four five. Yeah, they have thirty-five point seven point eight to work with, right? So quick math here. I know that's really hard for you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, about three million, three and a half mil in space, right? Yeah. So you're going to need more space, and you and you still have to fill out a full roster, right? So you're going to have to clear some space. Yeah. Right.
2: I mean, the Ravens salary cap space, honestly. With any of these scenarios, signing him long term is gives you the most cap flexibility. That's the best, but it also it still is going to eat into that cap space in a in a hurry. Um, Sure, and so like again, that thirty five number that it's like sounds great right now is going to disappear, or at least a big chunk of it, pretty quickly. Yep. So then you are looking at okay, how do we clear salary cap
1: space? Are there potential salary cap cuts? Uh, Really, when you look at the cap hits for next year. There are kind of three players that stand out as possibilities. who have high cap hits, and if you were to release them, then you would have significant savings. Uh, Calais Campbell is one. He's going into a, the second year of his uh, two-year deal that he reached last offseason. He has a $9.4 million cap hit. Do you have the cap savings on him?
2: Yeah, Calais is at $6.5 million in cap savings okay. by, by releasing him. Or he obviously could retire he could certainly retire. You know, which is, he said, you know, just as a refresher, like he said, he, he hasn't decided yet. You right. know, It was like a day after the season ended and he's going to go through a process. Last year, he made the decision, announced the decision at the Super Bowl. So like, maybe that's the timeline that he's looking at, but you know, he made that decision at that point.
1: Yep. Um, the other two names here we have are Chuck Clark and Gus Edwards, but mm-hmm. let's, let's first talk about Calais. Uh-huh. You know, to me, Calais was still playing at a high level. Yeah. Right? Like, had a kind of a resurgent year in terms of his pass rush production, five and a half sacks this year. Um, you know, obviously the team leader on and off the field, just you couldn't ask for a better dude. You know what I mean? And he, like I said, he still proved he's playing at a high level. I would love to have set gamble back on this team uh, for a number of reasons. I just don't think that he will be, Back next year on a $9.4 nine point four million dollar cap hit, is what I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like they could, there's a couple routes they could go. I mean, A, I just mentioned he could retire. He also could come back next year and play, and they just say, you know what, we're going to have to figure out a lower cap number. Right. Whether that's an extent, another, another another year. year, I mean, it would. You know, Calais told us last year, like, he got, you know, he basically made the decision to come back last year, and it was, like, kind of a two-year decision. Mm-hmm. You know, like, all right, I'm going to come back next year, and I also could come back the next year. Like I Right. Um But it would be – adding another year would, would seem to be a little surprising to me. I, like, can he just keep adding years? Like, at some point, <laughs> you know, the lights are going to come on here. You know, like – You mean the, the lights are going to turn off? Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, like – I don't know. I, I I don't know that you just add another another year there.
1: Well, it, the question of, is: It a real year? or Is it a false year? Of course, you know, basically. Of course, that that still gives him the option of of I course want to keep playing, and I'm under. I'm not a unrestricted free agent. I don't have to go through that whole process. I'm under contract, right? You could maybe do that, um, but I think it sounds like you're in agreement with me that probably he won't be back on a nine point four million dollar cap hit. Right, probably not. I mean, the Ravens have. A good, young defensive line. Like, they could opt to turn the page there, right? And you have Travis Jones, who emerged as a rookie. Justin Matabike had uh, his biggest season yet in his third year, five and a half sacks. You know, you have Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce that will be coming back from a season and an injury that really ended a season before it even started. Mm-hmm. Uh, Broderick Washington was, in my opinion, one of the breakout players of the year. Um so that, that's four good young players right there on your defensive line. And then, you know, Brent Urban is an unrestricted free agent. Do you add another veteran at a cheaper price, basically? Yeah, is yeah. the question.
0: Yeah Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
1: Oh, that's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it.
2: I would love to have Clay's back next year. Yeah. It's just when you're dealing with the dollars and cents of it, I think that that's going to be... That's a tight one. That's a, it's a very tight decision. Uh, another
1: really difficult decision is with Chuck Clark. You know, so a 17-game starter, leader, you know, green dot guy. Like, just a very highly respected player and had a good year. Like, mm-hmm. let's not just talk about how respected he I always feel like that's a conversation with Chuck. Oh, he's very respected. He also had a good year, mm-hmm. right? Like the Ravens did not give up much over the top this year. Uh, they were just a good defense, good secondary. Uh, Chuck Clark is a big part of that. He comes with a $6.2 million cap hit. If they were to release him, they basically save three and a half million
2: dollars. So it's not a massive savings. Like when you compare it to, you know, Calais, right. um, it's not a massive savings. But the Ravens also have a lot of depth in that secondary.
1: Right. Obviously, they're deep at safety, right? So, you know, Geno Stone even stepped in this year and and played well uh, when Marcus Williams was sidelined with his wrist injury. And then the big question is Kyle Hamilton, right? I mean, I think when the Ravens drafted Kyle Hamilton 14th overall last year, the expectation was kind of, you know, "Mm, is Chuck going to go elsewhere? Yeah. Um, And the Ravens instead, you know, valued kept him around and obviously he played well and they used the three safety rotation. Kyle Hamilton most mostly played in the slot. You know, that's kind of where he settled it in uh, midway through the year and flourished in that spot. The question is whether Kyle Hamilton is ready to take over that kind of Chuck Clark role in this defense. Um, And, you know, I think that will be a, a decision the coaches and and the front office have to make whether he's ready to be plugged in there or whether they say, you know what, we really liked how it worked this past year, we want to keep him in that in that kind of role, right? So, you know, I think that Marcus, uh, um, I'm sorry, that Kyle Hamilton proved like you know he can. Is he going to be a Marcus Williams over the top? free safety? I don't know. But he's really good. He's a good blitzer. He's good in the box. He's a hard hitter. He's a physical player. He can match up against tight ends. Like, Is that enough? And and you're not really... I mean, how many times do you ask Chuck Clark to shadow a guy Mm one-on-one deep down the field? Not a ton. You know what I mean? So, like... I think Kyle Hamilton showed me that he has the skill set to play that position. But when he was so good playing in the slide, it's hard to then move on from Chuck and take Kyle out of position.
2: Yeah, I always have a hard time. Like when you have basically something that's working well in a position of exactly. strength and being like, you know what? Like we are going to take this position of strength and this three safety defense that we felt like was working great at the end exactly. of the year and now remove an element. It's of almost like it. if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. But it's like. But if it's, it's not broke, but it's expensive. Exactly. (laughs) Right.
1: But there's business decisions. And like Chuck knows that, you know, he was pretty, pretty clear about that at the end of the year, you know, at his locker, he said, I I don't know what the future holds, whether I'm going to be here or not. Yeah. You know, he didn't know. Um, So that's another really difficult decision. I have another, I also have a hard time seeing how that one plays out, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like you said, three and a half, I think it depends on how tight they are. You know, what happens with Lamar? Is he on the exclusive, not exclusive? Like, if he's on the exclusive, I think it's probably, it's going to be really hard because they're, as we said, they're in the red. Yeah. You know, if they have a little bit more of a wiggle room, then he is, I wouldn't label Chuck as a luxury, but, like, he's somebody I would keep if you have enough room to do so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he makes your defense better.
2: Yeah, and I think it also, like, I don't know, I just always, the past few years and all the injuries that the Ravens have dealt, been handed in the secondary exactly. I don't like basically putting the secondary in a position where all of a sudden it could be short-handed.
1: Well, and Kyle, right? Kyle is essentially like another corner. He's a slot, essentially mm-hmm. like a slot corner who also obviously play can play safety. Right? It's just so like, like there's like, a
2: lot of guys that are kind of because Geno Stone can step in and play safety. Kyle could potentially play safety or that slot. Brandon Stevens can play a slot role, could also play safety. Could also play safety. Okay. So like you just kind of have like. There's a number of guys mm-hmm. who could, could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I think the Ravens are in this situation where they have to make this tough decision. Yeah. But, like, if the Ravens can find a way to make it work, I would love to keep Chuck here. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's maybe the two sides come to an agreement where the cap figure is, is a little bit less. Um, and maybe they that's the way that they go, that it's not that number, mm-hmm. but they reduce that to some degree.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe they could explore that. Um, I think it's hard, you know, considering Chuck just played all 17 games and played well for him. Of course, and he played.
2: may say, no, thank you. Exactly. Yeah, I'm good on that. Exactly, <laughs> he might.
1: Right, so uh, the other guy is Gus Edwards, and he has a $5.6 million cap hit. The Ravens, if they were to part ways with him, would save four, $4.4 million. Um, that's a, a fairly large number. Gus came back strong. I mean, the Gus, the Gus bus is rolling. Right. I like Gus. I think the one two punch with J.K. Dobbins is really good. I think J.K. Dobbins is looking to have, uh, get more punches in that one two punch. <laughs> right. Like, part of the question here is like, all right, are we going to, is J.K. going to be the clear number one lead dog? The Ravens, I think I saw some stat where like at the bottom of the league in terms of if you're talk, evaluating teams of who had a bell cow number one. Yeah. And where it was spread evenly among the running backs, the Ravens were like, they were last. number 32. Yeah. Yeah. Which come pretty.
2: on. I mean, JK Dobbins like didn't play for half the season. Exactly. J- Gus exactly. Edwards was that limited. Like use that number. Exactly.
1: Yeah. But even when Gus and JK were on the field, it was generally a fairly even split. Yeah. You know, it was, was kind of game by game, but um, I, I would not be surprised if considering what we saw from JK Dobbins this year, if
2: JK takes on more of a lead number one role next year, I agree with you. I, you know, we kind of talked about the offensive coordinator and the offense that the Ravens want to run. Mm-hmm. I don't think the running game is going away. I think that Certainly they, they are going to still be a team that, from an identity standpoint, wants to be among the best running teams in the NFL. Yep. Top five rushing attack. Yep. Now maybe the quarterback runs become a smaller piece of the offense, but even if that's the case with the the scheme and the backs that they have, the Ravens want to be a top five rushing team. Yep. So you don't want to be thin at running back. I don't want to be thin at running back, especially going down that road. Especially when then you're basically putting all your eggs in the JK basket. And I think JK is going to have a monster season, but like he still is coming. He still had the, a major knee injury and then a scope in the middle of the season to just be like, okay, we're just going to go all in on, on assuming that he's going to be able to be a bell cow for 17 games mm-hmm. is like, that's a risk. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. You know, I I don't like this game. We're going through, and it's like some of these guys. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to lose Chuck Clark. I don't want to lose Calais. No, I don't want to lose don't Gus. Want to lose I know any of them. Yeah. Like, and then that's the decision that the Ravens have to make when you get into some of the dollars and cents. And you know that when you when you talk about franchising a quarterback, those are the tough decisions that well, you have to make. Well, yeah,
1: and and you look at I mean, I thought Kenyon Drake stepped up and played pretty well this year. He's an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Justice Hill. You know he flashed at times, unrestricted free agent. So you know if you were to part ways with Gus, all of a sudden it's J.K. and who else? You got an right. empty back. You got an empty running backs room that you have to build out. So you know then you're looking at, all right, we, we're using a draft pick on that. It's probably not going to be a first round pick. You know is it going to be a third round pick? You know we don't. The Ravens only have five draft picks. Yeah, you have much, multiple needs. Is running back is that that important that you want to use a draft pick on that position? Maybe it is. You know, um, they could use
2: the third-round pick on a running back. Um, yeah, for a team that wants to run the ball as much as the Ravens do, it's, I hard, think to part ways it's hard, hard to part runners. ways with a, a proven, established guy who fits what the Ravens do so well. He's, as so hammer.
1: he's, he's a great complement uh, to J.K. Dobbins, I think. Yeah, a, I just think those two guys work so well in tandem. Again, I think it depends on how much room they have. Yeah. <laughs> right? If, if you have to get out of the red... You might have to make some tough decisions that you don't want to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so the next one is you know, the Ravens have these unrestricted free agents that will. Uh, they have to decide are they going to bring them back before they hit the open market. You know, do they hit the open market? We let them hit the open market. They see what their market is out there, and then maybe there still ultimately is a return. That happened last year with Pat Ricard, for example. Um, and some of those guys, I think really the, the three guys at the top of the list are Marcus Peters. Justin Houston, and Ben Powers. Let's go through those, guys. one uh, uh, Each guy at a time. What's Gosh, one at a time. <laughs> My goodness gracious.
2: Uh, one at a time and, and kind of break that down. Well, you want to start with, I think, maybe the easiest one, Ben Powers. I think Ben Powers has priced himself out. I would agree. I think he's going to get a nice contract. Kudos to him. Go. I mean, this is a guy who nobody really honestly gave a sh- much of a shot to end up winning the starting job. Like everyone was like, eh, it's gonna be Ben Cleveland, it's gonna be mm-hmm. McCary. I don't know, maybe Ben Tyree Phillips. You know, it's like right. when you start like when we were when we were having this conversation in April and at the start of training camp, it was like, I don't know if Ben Powers is gonna win the job. Right, is
1: he gonna make the team?
2: Yeah, right. and so now or now he's he, traded or something, right? right. Ends up playing a really high level and I just you know Credit to him for earning a nice payday. When Eric DeCosta, I believe it was, or, or
1: Harb said, you know, he was the most improved player. He was yeah. probably the most improved player on the team over the course of the year. That says something. Yeah, I think he's priced himself out. I would agree with that. Uh, so comp pick, congratulations, Ben, yeah. on setting your career up for yeah. you and your family. And, uh, you know, I, I hope there's a way, but I don't. I also don't see it happening. You right. The Ravens cap situation, that's probably looking at a comp pick yeah. the following year.
2: Uh, all right, so then we'll go to
1: Justin Houston. We'll save Marcus Peters for last. Yeah,
2: I think Justin Houston. I think this may like he's waited. I, I think for, I think Justin Houston could sit around again and and wait until <laughs> yeah. August yeah. and say like you guys enjoy the offseason program and OTAs. <laughs> I think I, I I do expect him to come back and play this year. I don't think he's going to retire, mm-hmm. but it's not outside of the possi- the realm of possibility. I mean, he came really close last year. Um, but he proved that he could probably get a nice payday. I think that Houston, when you well, have I think a season. It
1: depends on what, yeah, what does that payday look like? If somebody's willing to give him a nice payday, he might sign that in March.
2: Yeah, of course, yeah. Someone right. says, hey, we'll give you 10 mil.
1: Exactly. Like, what is the market for a, uh, I mean, how old is Justin Houston? Right. 32. Right. Something in there? 33. Look that up real quick right. while I fill some time here. Yeah, um, You know, but you're at that age, you put up nine and a half sacks, teams are going to be looking at that like, all right, nine and a half sacks, nine and a half sacks, but, you know, where, where's the cliff for this guy? And so it'll be interesting to see. I think this is a case where the Ravens probably let, let him hit the open market, see what the market dictates for him, keep in touch with him. I think that Justin Houston is the guy who's enjoyed his time in Baltimore. I would expect the two sides to remain in touch. And if he's saying and his agent are saying, you know, hey, we're looking at, we're getting $6 million a year offers out here. Do you want to match that or not? Then the Ravens make that decision. He's 34. 34. Okay, so older than I was saying. Right. Um. Yeah, I don't know what the market. He's played 12 but, years. I don't know what the market intends for him. But I agree he's not going to be a guy unless he gets blown out of the water with some offer, which I probably don't expect. He's a guy that has not been in a rush to sign, and I expect that, that'll probably be how this plays out. Yeah. The Ravens have young pass rushers. Obviously, Udafe O.A. is going into a really big year three in which he needs to, you know, prove himself coming off his sophomore season. Uh, the Ravens were made it very clear how excited they are for David Ajabo in the future of their second-round pick, who did not see much time as a rookie. They have those two young guys at outside linebacker, but now, you know, you get a little bit thin after that. You have Tyus Bowser. That's really your three, mm-hmm. and this year they they signed JPP, you know, midway through the year, uh, and then they and then Houston. But you know, you if Justin Houston does not come back, you're looking at probably signing another cheap veteran,
2: whether that be JPP or somebody else. Mm-hmm. You need more depth there, right? Yeah, like I mean this you know Vince Beagle was a guy the Ravens signed exactly. last year who ended up ta- who actually looked pretty good early in training camp and ended up tearing his Achilles and missing yep. the whole year but that's like the 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 more affordable the cheaper version exactly. of a veteran there where where JPP and Justin Houston come at a higher price tag. Yes. Uh, but I just think that I, I think that that's going to be one that waits. I just yeah, like I agree.
1: I mean, look at how long the Ravens waited to really solve their outside linebacker situation this past year. I mean, they went into Week One with two outside linebackers. <laughs> right, and, 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 and he even
2: like he by waiting, you know. It, I guess it depends on the the market, but like he could put himself into a position to maybe get more money by waiting. Like all of a sudden, it's like it's a, it's the JPP kind of situation. Right, exactly. Like I, I don't know that's what the strange. offer was. Yeah, yeah. you know, initially. Uh, but like, and all of a sudden the Ravens are de- kind of in a desperate situation at outside linebacker, and they go and J- get JPP. There could be other or teams that are. You're saying? Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying last year that's what oh, they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Like, there will be there will be a team in a similar situation this year, and he may yeah. take that chance.
1: He'll he'll be that guy like in the middle in June or whatever, and and everybody you know past the draft, and all right, what team needs do you still have left right. outside linebacker? Well, there's a guy with nine and a half sacks last year, right? Maybe he makes sense, you know, and and. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I expect that's probably how this plays out. I mean, out.
2: Could, could he get a $10 million deal?
1: I would be surprised.
2: Right. That, that's that's rich. But could uh, could someone say, all right, you know what? This guy had nine and a half last year. Let's give him one year 10.
1: I would be surprised. Eight. But I don't know. I mean, that's like, you're talking like Jadavion Clowney money. You know. I mean, I mean yeah, like, but he's been better
2: than Jadavion Clowney.
1: Well, he was this past year. Yeah. But Clowney was, you know... A lot younger now. He had more injury history, all that stuff. I, I know. Just I'm, I'm just saying, it.
2: like, like you're right. It is like in that realm. But I'm just saying, if he, when you put up that kind of production, like, you, you, sacks you, gets you money. They sacks get, paid. get paid. They get paid.
1: Yeah. All right. Now Marcus Peters, and I think this is one of the tougher calls, uh, because when you look at the unrestricted free agent cornerbacks out there, Marcus Peters is right up there at the mm-hmm. at, or at, near the top of the list, right? And so, you know, obviously. He came off of the uh, season a knee injury this past year. He himself voiced that that was tough even this past year. He had some – he wasn't totally sure of himself. He wasn't his old self. He wasn't just kind of second-guessing himself, you know, thinking about ultimately am I going to get back to that player? What's my football, you know, mortality here? And um, he's a guy that has been outspoken about how much he loves being in Baltimore. Eric DeCosta has been outspoken about how much he loves Marcus Peters and, you know, called him one of his favorite guys. His competitiveness, you know, his, his uh, love of the game, the way he studies the game, the way he teaches others, mentors others, all that stuff, I think he adds a swagger level to this defense. I like having Marcus Peters in this defense. But, you know, he had a, he had a $15.5 million cap hit last year. The Ravens kept him at that. That shows you how much they value Marcus mm-hmm. Peters. And that was coming off a knee. Yeah, he's going to be that much more healthy, healthier this year. Yep. you would presume. Track estimates that his contract would come in around ten million dollars, nine point eight.
2: Yeah, they said basically a, a projection. You know, for a deal for him would be two years, twenty million.
1: Right. That's that's because I don't I don't money. think he's
2: going to sign a one year contract. I think he's going to probably right. sign at least at least two. Right. So two for twenty. You know, now if you if you if he signs that, he'll again be one of the highest cap hits. On the team, you know, this year, mm-hmm. I guess if you do a two year, you could backload it potentially, right, right. you know, five years and then fifteen. Can you give it the Calais Campbell,
1: right. you know, what the two year deal that he signed this past offseason? Right. That's, basically,
2: that's, that's that's there's potential there, and that gives you some of the flexibility. Right. Um, I'll just come out and say that's what I. That's what you I'm would you favor. would go the Calais Campbell route. I would go the Clayus Campbell route if, if that's possible. I
1: think both sides want to remain together. Mm-hmm. is my feeling and if you don't bring back marcus peters what are you looking at at cornerback now you have marlon humphrey obviously on one side and then you're looking at brandon stevens jalen armor davis who really didn't play much as a rookie you're putting a lot of eggs in, in the jalen armor davis basket who i think the ravens were really excited to get in the fourth round last year have high hopes for him you know as, as a possible anthony Averett. yeah right um but like anthony avert wasn't thrust into a starting job in year two after, you know, not playing much as a rookie. That would be asking a lot. That would be a JLNR huge step Reeves. up. That would be. Brandon Stevens, you know, when he stepped in for Marcus Peters down the stretch for a couple of games as a starter, played well. Had that end zone pass breakup on on Pickens. Um, I like Brandon Stevens' friend of the lounge. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, like,
2: are you ready? Have you seen enough to put him out there as a starting corner? It's kind of like goes back to what we were saying about Chuck, like, the secondary is a, posi- a a position of strength for this team. All of a sudden, you take Chuck Clark and Marcus Peters off of it, and like now the depth is more thin, and you're removing right. some high end players. Mm-hmm. Now it's not such a position of strength, mm-hmm. but like those are the economics that come into place when you're potentially franchising a quarterback or working out a long term deal yeah. with a quarterback. Yeah, you know those are those are the the. Difficult things that you have to. If there's a way to keep Marcus Peters, I think it would be good. But I'm just having a hard time seeing the numbers work out in a way that makes it feasible. Like, I, I like it's going to cost you about ten million dollars. Like, well, I, I wonder, can you get a five million dollar cap hit this
1: year and a fifteen the following year? Right. You know that, and with a possible out where they, whatever, you know, you, if he if he's released, then you save whatever eight. Because
2: I think there and will you, be a mark eight. I think yeah. there's gonna be a market for to your point, like right, he's one of the top free agent corners and right. corners such a position that teams are hungry for. Mm-hmm. Like teams want cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know that like I do think that Marcus Peters has liked it here. I think the Ravens have liked having him here. I think that's been a really good fit. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's many hometown discounts in the NFL. I, I think that's a situation where the
1: Ravens um would like to get I think that's a situation where they he doesn't hit the market. That he reaches that extension before or a new contract before the market opens is that's what I would like to see happen. Yeah. All right. I don't think he's a tested on free agency guy. Let's see what offers you get out there and then maybe bring you back kinda. Of and situation. that's the question
2: it's like you know. With any, with any of these things, it takes two. And so Marcus Peters, he knows the business side of this game. Yep. He's been on multiple teams. Yep. Uh, he's been traded multiple yep. times. So he may say, you know what, like I'll see what the market holds. I'll, you know, he could. He could. he could, he could, he could. Certainly. And um, yeah, that that all these are tough decisions. Right. I
1: just think he's going to be better next year than he was this year. And you know, I mean. I thought he played at a a pretty good level this year, you know, and I think like he'll get more interceptions next year and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, even if they, even if the Ravens were to draft a first round cornerback, which I put cornerback and wide receiver as the two most likely first round picks for the Ravens as it stands right now at number
0: 22, uh, Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
3: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Uh,
1: what first-round corner has stepped in and been an immediate starter for the Ravens? Jimmy Smith wasn't. Marlon Humphrey
2: wasn't. Well, yeah. I mean, the, how many other first-round cor- I mean, we're going back. uh, who else was a first? Chris McAllister. I can't remember. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's like we're going starter. back a ways. But it's, this I'm, guy's a 22nd pick. It's not I know, like I'm just, also not like he's the 8th or I know, pick. I know,
2: but there's also like, it's not like a huge sample size of like, look, the Ravens have drafted all these well, first-round corners saying, and nobody I, ever said Well,
1: I'm just saying, like, generally speaking, even if you look at other teams, Kyrie Elam, he wasn't an immediate starter in Buffalo. He be, I think it eventually became that. So like, sauce, I just, sauce
2: Gardner's pretty good.
1: Yeah, Sauce Gardner was like, the, what, the 5th overall pick, 4th overall pick. Like, this is a 22nd. You know, like, I just think that it's asking a lot. Lot, even if you draft a first-round cornerback, that he's going to be an immediate starter. And so I like the option of having Marcus Peters essentially as a bridge to whoever that guy is. Maybe he's the bridge to uh, Jalen Armour Davis. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's the bridge to Brandon Stevens. Right now, I think the Ravens, they have some good young talent at corner. I think you need a short-term bridge at this point where they are.
2: Well, you know, we're talking about like a first-round corner. Like, that's a guarantee. It's far from a guarantee. Because right. we, exactly- haven't even, we haven't even mentioned wide receiver. Uh, and you know, if you take oh, a first, round, we're going to get to that. If, if you take a first round receiver, then you can kiss that you know that scenario of, of finding this first round corner right. and plugging him in as a starter there. Exactly, like, that's not an option. Which you don't have to. I mean, like we said, we have some young
1: guys. Let, real quick, let's just run through the other remaining unrestricted free agents that the Ravens have to make decisions on. Brent Urban, as we said, if Clayus Campbell to relieve, I think to, were to whatever if they were to release Clayus and he's or he retires, I think the chances of bringing back Brent Urban uh increase. Yeah. Right. Uh Kenyon Drake, once again, I think what happens with Gus? I thought Kenyon played pretty well, fit in here well, liked being a Raven, I think the the door's not closed there. JPP, same situation. What happens with Justin Houston? Does he want to come back? Is you know, does he just bounce around to another team? Whatever. Uh Kyle Fuller, we're talking about cornerbacks. I think the Ravens were excited about what Kyle Fuller was going to offer. Now he's coming off a, a season ending it was a knee in week one suffered in week one in New York. You know does he come back? It, I think a lot of these guys, it depends on what happens with these other.
2: Yeah. There's, there's, there's the, there's the domino thing. I mean, with Kyle fuller, like that would just be, you know, like go, going back to your bridge analogy, like that, that could work. And maybe he could be that, the but bridge. it's also like, right. You're kind of, when a guy's coming off a knee injury, as we just saw right. with Mark speeder, <laughs> right. JK, Thomas, Gus Edwards, team. like it's, it's maybe unrealistic to expect them to like come in and play seventeen games. Now he he suffered that right. I guess Marcus, Marcus Peters, Peters suffered in, it in in training all three camp. of those guys happened before the season started. Exactly. Jk, Gus, exactly. and Marcus. And Marcus wasn't
1: right week one like full one hundred percent exactly. Yeah, so he's on a similar timeline. Uh, Justice Hill is a guy I would not be surprised if he comes back on a whatever one or two year. Like they need depth in running back position. And I think he's a very good special teams player. Would not surprise me if he returns. And he's a change of pace. He's different from some of these other guys. Mm-hmm. And had a pretty good year. DeMarcus Robinson is an in- interesting one. You DeMarcus know, we Robinson. talk about building out the wide receiver group. DeMarcus was the leading wide receiver in terms of production. I thought it played pretty well. You know, I don't think it's it's probably, uh, it, it would be a wait and see. You know, he was released by the Raiders. Um, I don't think there's going to be a huge market out there for DeMarcus Robinson, you know. Could that be a wait and see what happens? Do we end up getting a first round wide receiver in the draft? You know, it just wouldn't surprise me if a, a reunion would be possible there.
2: Like Demarcus Robinson is wide receiver three is is like exactly pretty good thing, right? Like not you, talking
1: like as your slot wide receiver, but we're just saying like yeah, as yeah. your
2: third option, right? Like you know he was it's, thrust it's into Bateman, a situation. It's
1: it's going to be Bateman.
2: Hold on, let's take before we dive into the wide receiver conversation. Let's take a quick break, break and then we'll then we'll jump into that. All right, I know everyone wants us to talk wide receiver, all right? But, <laughs> first, but first, listeners also need to know that the sports landscape is always changing, and this week is no different. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports and still has daily fantasy contests running for everyone who's looking to have some skin in the game. So every player has a salary associated with drafting them. You assemble a lineup of players, and then you try to stay under the salary cap as you sit back and watch your points pile up. So what you do, you download the DraftKings app today, sign up using the code FLOCK, new users get a... Free entry with their first deposit. The code is FLOCK at DraftKings. So, you know, sign up on DraftKings. Draft those receivers. There you go. (laughs) And that's what the Ravens are going to do this year. So, um, the receiver room and conversation is, you know, we kind of, we didn't bury the lead, but it is, I think, I think it goes Lamar and then receiver. Mm. Yeah, like in terms well, of not, like
1: we're not talking chronologically but in terms of importance in of terms of importance
2: season checklist so the lamar yes. situation and then, and then getting then, the receiver situation squared away i agree with that i would agree with that because like that's
1: so much the, that's rides the, on the it. obvious biggest
2: area of need for the ravens this mm-hmm. offseason and so we just briefly touched on demarcus robinson what is in your mind the answer at wide receiver well, I, you know there's obviously a lot of talk out there about trading uh, for DeAndre
1: Hopkins. I just i I think that unless Lamar were to sign a long- term contract extension that gave them more salary cap room and flexibility i I don't see any way of that happens unless Lamar signs a long term deal. I just yeah. I don't think you know he's scheduled to make nineteen nineteen if he were to be traded. He's on the books for 19 and a half million in base salary next year. Uh 14 almost 15 the following year. 19 and a half. Where are the Ravens getting that salary cap space unless Lamar Jackson were to sign a long-term extension or the Cardinals were to eat a lot of that base salary uh-huh. for DeAndre Hopkins. Just don't see it as a possibility, you know, and then also on top of that you have to come, you know, you have to work out a deal for trade compensation if you were to trade for him. Now you know, there was talk, you know, would it take a second-round pick? The Ravens don't have a second-round pick after the Roquan Smith trade. You know, now Albert Breer reported, maybe it's just a – maybe it's a day – what was it, three. day three?
2: Day, sorry. day three? Yeah. Day two. Day so, two pick. Sorry, so it's third, third
1: round. Day two, day, exactly. Could it be a third-round pick? Yeah. Okay. I, I like DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's an awesome player. The Ravens were reportedly interested in him back when, you know, when he went to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um there, there's been buzz there. There's been smoke around DeAndre Hopkins, so I understand all the, the talk about him, and I think that would be a huge addition for this team. We've all talked about him, number one wide receiver. Is he the Anquan Bolden for this team? Yeah. Right? I would love to bring him in. I just think, you know, if it takes a third-round pick and if they eat half his salary and I have the salary cap room, sign me up. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of ifs.
2: Right, and like, would another team... If it's a third-round pick, I would think there's probably people lining up.
1: Probably a healthy market.
2: (laughs) Like, the scenario that you just described, third-round pick, and that you'd have a salary. I bet a lot of teams were probably going to be like, sure, I'll do that.
1: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I think Albert Breer's kind of saying the market might not be... He's reporting that the market might not be good enough that the Cardinals want to deal him at all. That it might be just worth hanging on to Mm him. So he's kind of saying it's going to be a cold market. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, I think DeAndre Hopkins is a pretty darn good player, but that's what he's reporting. Yeah. And he knows better than me what the market is out there. So, yeah. Like,
2: and would they, would they, would the Cardinals do that? Like, is the third round pick and losing DeAndre Hopkins right. worth it to them? Exactly. And taking on half of a salary. Right. They have
1: a new regime there. It all depends. I, I don't know what they're thinking.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, th-
1: I'm interested. I'm monitoring. I'm monitoring the situation. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I will say. love the
2: player. Hard to see us. C- I'm with you. I love the player. Would love the fit. Hard to see a scenario where they're able to pull it off. Right. So if it's not DeAndre
1: Hopkins, then what is it? And I think a first round pick is certainly likely. But before we get to that point, you got to talk about free agency, right? So I think the Ravens will go into free agency, and they will be. I think that they will have a, a wide receiver or two that they are targeting to get, mm-hmm. is what I think. Eric DeCosta's quote about free agency says, regardless, it's not going to be a situation where the market's open, and we're just gonna, we're just going and signing guys left and right. That's not going to happen in any way. There's really no scenario where that's probably going to be the case. We'll be selective, we'll be targeted, and we'll find guys like we always do that we think can build this team and help us be the best we can be. So pretty much saying don't expect the, the, the spending spree. The Marcus Williams signing ain't happening this year, mm. right, where they made the big splash and got the guy at the top of the market and we were all like, whoa, right? And they signed a number of free agents yeah, this that's past a, year.
2: I mean, yeah. Like Mark. I mean, they why the Ravens Mar-
1: don't have any aren't projected to get any comp picks.
2: <laughs> yeah, they got you know Morgan Moses obviously was a right. big signing. Marcus Williams was at the top of the market. Right. You know, who he else was am I the, missing? There they, was another. He was the big one. I mean, a, then obviously, then later on in the process, they brought back Justin Houston. They signed Jason Pierre-Paul. So, right. but those two guys were the big ones at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you might be thinking about Zaire Smith, who was initially in the mix and then obviously ended up. Well, going Michael, up, Pierce. It was Michael, Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce. Yeah. Michael that's Pierce. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, like, they were pretty aggressive in free agency last year. I don't think they're going to be in that position this year, just cap-wise, as Eric DeCosta said. But I think they will go into it with a veteran wide receiver or two that they th- feel like we might be able to get this guy right player, right price.
2: So, some of the players who were scheduled to be unrestricted free agents this year, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Alan Lazard, Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hartman, Paris Campbell, just a few names.
1: Darius and Matt Collins. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... If we're talking the Lazards of the world, the DJ Charks of the world, the Marvin Jones of the world. We're talking around ten, eleven million dollars projected, probably. That's Spot Track. Yeah, saying that's their projected annual salary. Yeah, I I think I have a hard time once again, unless Lamar's on a long term deal of seeing how they eat an eleven million dollar annual salary. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's we're talking DeAndre Hopkins if they eat some of that mm-hmm. salary. That's what we're talking there. Right. Right. So, yeah. Could Alan Lazard make sense? And I, I kind of be—he's a big body guy, you know. I, I kind of be down for that. Mac Hollins is is another big body guy. But to the top tier, let's say of those unrestricted uh, free agent wide receivers, I'd be interested if if Lamar is you know under a long term deal, like go get one of those guys. The Ravens showed what was it two years ago that you know they were, they reportedly offered Juju Smith-Schuster a like a ten million dollar annual mm-hmm. deal. Like they showed they were willing to spend some there. Right, like, could they do that again? If the numbers work out, I think they
2: could. I think the Ravens will love to add a. I think the Ravens would love to add like a top end quality receiver to this mix. I just think it comes down to like the, the you know, if that's a DeAndre Hopkins, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, or if that's one of the guys like we're talking about. I put DeAndre Hopkins on a different level than all these players. If,
1: if all those guys, if if the Cardinals are eating half his salary and DeAndre Hopkins is coming at it, I'd rather DeAndre Hopkins at eleven million in a third round pick than I would at Alan Lazard at eleven million straight up unrestricted yeah. free agent. Yeah, yeah. I think I like none of those guys to me are somebody like absolutely all come with question marks like none mm-hmm. of them are like oh that's the bona fide number one one guy that we've all been clamoring for here in baltimore
2: like we saw some of the moves this offseason like there was a lot of movement on the receiver market aj brown hollywood brown <laughs> right. uh, Devonte t- d- adams tyree kill like the receiver market was blown up right. within the last year uh, those guys those guys have they have new teams like they, we're not seeing a similar thing again this year like and there's not like those are Right, like, well, who who knows who some could... of the top receivers exactly in the
1: NFL? Like... I don't think the Vikings are trading Justin Jefferson, right? Yeah, like, like the like... Bengals aren't trading Jamar
2: Chase. But
1: did we? Did any of us think the Chiefs were trading Tyree Hill either? I mean, I guess they were in salary yeah. cap trouble, but I I don't know every team's salary cap situation, who's in trouble and who could hit the market that we don't expect. I don't know what I do know is Eric DaCosta pretty much poured cold water. on on that notion that of, you know, why don't you just go trade, you know, multiple first round picks or whatever, a or first round pick for one of those stud wide receivers, bring him in here and you have to sign him to a huge contract. Like he pretty much said, no, nah, we're not doing that because, <laughs> because that mortgage is the future. Like they, I just don't think they're in a position where they're going to have a, a wide receiver on this team with Lamar Jackson coming up for a, a huge payday, a wide receiver making an annual $25 million a year. And you know you have and to it, sign into that contract immediately, and you're giving up at least a first round pick, maybe multiple. I just don't see the Ravens doing that.
2: I, I also just don't see that player on the market. I, like,
1: yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I I probably don't either. But I, I'm not going to say I know every team's cap situation.
2: Yeah, like the guys who again would be in that mix. It's like a Justin Jefferson, right. Jamar Chase. We right. were
1: talking about three of the best wide receivers in the in the game that got dealt last year. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. I just don't I mean, see could DK Metcalf. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Right, right.
2: Um. I think you know could the Carolina DJ, DJ Moore sure sure maybe DJ Moore but DJ Moore is is not Tyreek Hill Devontae Adams right, you know Jamar right, Chase right right level right um, so anyway Back um, to the unrestricted free
1: agents I don't I don't really see one of those guys at the 11 million like I don't see the Ravens signing one of those top three or four guys I think that it's more likely that they get go to the next tier guys like a Mac Hollins, who's a similar body frame to Alan Lazard. He's an inch shorter. He's six foot four, twenty one. put up 57 catches for 690 yards and four touchdowns. Not a bad year projected salary, annual salary of two and a half million dollars, 2.4 mm-hmm. from spot track. That to me is more right player, right price. He's a different body frame. He's, you know, we've all been looking for this body big guy. Like maybe that scratches the itch. Yeah. Right. Uh, is it a Paris Campbell, 63 catches for 623 and three touchdowns, $2.5 million projected from SpotTrack. Okay, he's a more of a route runner, you know, not as big a body guy, got some speed to him, has some big playability, whatever. I mean, this
2: matches what the Ravens have done in free agency <clears throat> at the receiver position. Well, It's Sammy Watkins. Yeah,
1: it's Sammy Watkins, essentially. Yeah. Except these guys aren't as old as Sammy was when the Ravens signed him. Right. But uh, Darius Slayton. Forty-six for seven twenty-four and two touchdowns in the Giants' offense last year. Another kind of bigger guy, three and a half project, three and a half million dollars projected. Mm-hmm. To me, that's kind of the level that I see them. You know, could be a targeted signing for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is the the guys that you're mentioning are th- are in that uh, Sammy Watkins, Michael Crabtree-ish uh, mold mm-hmm. and but younger, mm-hmm. but but younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could be the route you know, that the, they go. I, I think that,
1: right. I think I, with Rashad Bateman, they clearly have a lot of faith that he can be a number one guy or, or whatever, that he can be that guy. He showed it early in the year. But so I don't think on the opposite side, like if you have a number two guy, like a legit two and whatever, you can consider Bateman, whatever you want. If you want to call him a number two, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. right? Like they need something better opposite him than what they've had. And DuVernay is kind of your Swiss army knife, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not saying unless it's DeAndre Hopkins, like I just don't see that number one wide receiver that we all talk about, that stud guy being there.
2: But it's I think that
1: you can still upgrade the passing attack if you get a solid number two. Is kind of what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And then if Bateman comes back, you know, you, right. again, you're you're putting a lot. You're putting a lot of eggs <laughs> into the Bateman's going to come back and be a number one or two receiver. Like, yeah. there's a lot of, which I think he certainly can. But like, he's coming back from a major. Major injury. Well, so. we just got talking on, done talking on the last podcast about how good he's looking. He's he's running. He is, and, but I'm just saying you're 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 putting yeah. a lot of faith into the notion that he, hey, Babe is going to come well, back and be so, the number one guy.
1: And thus, I feel like they also need to draft at least one wide receiver. Like I think it's signing a veteran on the free agent market, a, a proven number two, mm-hmm. let's say. And I think that it's it's also drafting. I'm in favor of taking another swing at a first round wide receiver. I think it's going to be a first round pick for a receiver. It's just hard for I, me oh, not I certainly to I think it. it could be. I think it's a, I think it's going to be a wide receiver or a corner.
2: No, 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 I, no, no. no, no, be... no, no, no. You're just, I think it's going to be a wide receiver, corner, or a pass rusher, or D line, well, or is a possibility, or outside <laughs> linebacker.
1: So you're just sticking the flag in right now on the first round wide receiver. Is that
2: what you're saying? Your roster could change. The roster could change, and all of a sudden you could end up with DeAndre Hopkins. You know, as we potentially, okay. but like as it stands right now, without the addition of a of a Number one receiver, I think it's going to be a first round pick at wide receiver. Yes, that is my. That's <laughs> gentlemen, producers, mark it down, <laughs> you put the timestamp on that right now. We're going to need to call that one up. Yeah, January twenty seventh here. Mark it down. Mark it. Mark it. Uh, I think it is. Warren I think Bryson it's Bryson are on it. I think it's going to be uh, <laughs> the Ravens. Clearly, like Eric Costa's strategy at wide receiver has been draft them. Yep, draft them. In they, multiple they get rounds. Draft expensive. Later right. On. right, Like receivers are expensive. Draft them early in the rounds. He's, he's had grow, four drafts. Let him grow with Lamar. He had four drafts, and, and two of them, he's yep. used two of the first-round picks on wide receivers. <laughs> That's correct. So I think that there will be a first-round pick wide receiver this year.
1: I think that is a very high likelihood. And when you just look at the board, the projections now, it's still early in the whole pre-draft, you know, stack the board, the mock draft, all that stuff. There's a number of possible targets late in the first round.
2: Also, the last thing I would say on that came close to being three first-round picks, uh, they were, there was a chance the Ravens were going to draft a receiver at 14 last year. That's why, yeah. the, you know, when Eric DeCosta yep. did the podcast afterwards, he basically said, like, that's why we didn't let the Hollywood news out of the bag early. Yeah, they they wanted to keep that receiver. possibility in case they wanted to take a receiver at yeah, 14.
1: No, no, I, I completely feel you. I would say right now, if I'm ranking the likelihood, I would put wide receiver on top. I would say that's the most likely scenario first-round pick for the Ravens. I would put cornerback at number two. Mm -hmm. I don't think the the Ravens don't want to be in a position, and thus I think that's why they'll sign a veteran wide receiver. They do not want to be in a position where they are locked into taking a first-round wide receiver.
2: No, they don't want to be locked in a position where they're taking like they're like, You gotta take you have to you have to take a first time receiver. You have good, to take a corner. Exactly. They, they that was all that's like one of Ozzy Newsom's things that he said, like, oh, like you wanna basically fill as many needs as possible so that when you get to the draft you can take best player available exactly. and have flexibility. Exactly. So of course you don't want to be <laughs> locked in there, but I think that like based on some of the questions that still exist, Bateman coming back from an injury, um, the the, the, the the desire to build out that the room. desire to build out the passing attack, the players who are likely to be available on the market, I think all of that points.
0: Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
3: Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal Available online Saturday, May 4th at JCP.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
1: I would agree. Uh some of the names, just to toss them out there as a first round wide receiver. This kind of it kind of reminds me of the 2019 Hollywood mm. year where there was like there weren't the you know a bunch of wide receivers projected to be taken one through ten or like a, a couple like this past year. Yeah, they came flying off the board like three or four of them. Yeah, you early. know almost all in a row right before the Ravens are on the clock at fourteen. That doesn't seem to be the case this year. Uh, Quentin Johnston, Mel Kuyper's initial mock draft has him going to the Ravens at number twenty-two. Uh, kind of a big body guy out of TCU. Jackson Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. from Ohio State struggled with injuries this past year, but the year before that,
2: you're Mister Ohio State. You, you, give me the Jackson. Yeah, I mean, Smith, the last time Jigba. he was on the field and like full strength, him and CJ Stroud, he put up he put up 340 yards in the right. bowl game. Right, 300 in one game. In, in one game, play. he put up 300 plus yards in one <laughs> game. I mean, he's a great player. He right. basically didn't play last year. He got a hamstring injury early in the year and basically sat the rest of the year out. Concerning, you know, <laughs> right. um, but. When he was on the field, talent is there, for no sure. doubt. I mean, he was a dynamic player.
1: Now Mel Kuiper has him as this first wide receiver off the board. Uh, Jeremiah uh, Daniel Jeremiah has him at number thirty-one. So it, there's not a consensus on where these guys rank, and for that reason, I think another indicator of why it might be a good year for the
2: Ravens to pick a first-round wide receiver. Well, that's uh, in some ways that's kind of encouraging if it is like the Hollywood draft because that draft ended up being
1: pretty darn good at wide receiver,
2: amazing at wide receiver. Yeah, Hollywood Despite AJ Brown DK like Metcalf. Yeah, picks at wide receiver. Terry McLaurin. Yep. Debo Samuel. Yep. Pretty good receiver draft. Pretty darn good. And they, and none of them went that year. Hollywood was the first one off the board at 25. Yep, exactly. So uh, I'm just saying it could be that again. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jordan Addison out of USC. Zay Flowers, a smaller, you know, more of a slap, shifty, fast guy out of Boston College. Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. He's a taller speed merchant um, on the outside. Kind of like almost like a... Uh, uh, D. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson, kind of looks like to me just a big play dude on the outside. Um, so those are some of the names to keep an eye on at wide receiver, and I think any of those sign me up. Like I- I'm down with the first round wide receiver, and you know, I've I've talked to fans who are like, "Why would you do that again?" You know, the Ravens' history. You know, what gives you confidence that they're going to hit a first round wide receiver again? Eric's cost doesn't look like look at it like that. Period, point blank. I mean, a I think he thinks that you know. With good reason, Hollywood Brown was not a miss. Like yeah. that was a hit. Hollywood Brown's turned out to be a pretty darn good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Ravens got a first round pick in return for him. Yeah, trade him for that. So it shows you the rest of the league. You know, other after, teams after also, three years. After three years, right? Turned out pretty well, right? Uh, and I think he thinks Bateman. Obviously, injuries have hampered his career, but they still, I think, are very high on Bateman and the talent and what he can become. Um. So they do not feel like, nah, we're we. We can't do this. We can't draft a, a good first round wide receiver. No, that is not how they view it, and that's not how I view it either,
2: quite frankly. Also, I think that um, part of the reason I think it's going to be a first round receiver is you don't have a second round pick. You need immediate help at receiver yep. most likely. Yep, and like and long term help, <laughs> well, yeah. of course. But I'm just saying, like, if you draft a third round receiver, you, you cannot bank on that guy. That what do I mean, you get? Right. What it's are you What are you getting guys. this year out of that player? Exactly. It's not. To be a number one. Certainly I, I it is probably agree. not to be look, a number two. Gee,
1: you know I don't like to agree with you on much, but I will shake your hand <laughs> and agree with you on the first round wide receiver. I'm in. I think that's gonna be the case. I'm in. Uh now, cornerback is if they don't bring back Marcus Peters, as we've talked about, you could go Brandon Smith or Brandon Stevens, you could go with Jalen Armor Davis, but I think then the need at cornerback is pretty high also. Mm-hmm. Right. And Eric Tocosta said, We never want to be short at corner. We value, we know how much they've put value they put on the secondary. They had one of the highest, if not the highest, cornerback room, paid cornerback room in the NFL this past year. So, you know, if you don't bring back Marcus Peters on free agents market, I don't think you're going to sign. You're not going to spend big money on a Bradley Roby or a James Bradbury or a Jonathan Jones. I mean, could you bring back an Anthony Averett, maybe? You know, he had a broken thumb, was limited to seven games last year in Vegas. Like, maybe you could have a mid level signing to bring Mm -hmm. in a veteran corner that you feel confident in but I just don't see that either I think more likely if you don't bring back Marcus Peters you're probably going going into the year saying we think Brandon Stevens is ready or maybe they bring back a Kyle Fuller or we think that we have enough there to bridge the gap and you're the likelihood of a first round corner goes up right again already hedging uh, <laughs> You're already hedging. Hey, I, I'm on the record saying I want to bring back Marcus Peters. If they bring back Marcus Peters, just lock and load me for the first time wide receiver <laughs> right now. I'm just saying if that doesn't happen, like corner could be the position, mm-hmm. right, in the first round of the draft. Again, it's kind of a wide receiver situation. A lot of corners. My, uh, Mel Kuyper has five cornerbacks in the first round in his initial There's always draft. a
2: ton of corners in the first round. The,
1: there's a lot, and it looks like a lot in the late first round. Uh, yeah. Joey Porter Jr., I would love that. Just take a former just Steelers just kid <laughs> at, from Penn State. We all know, you know, Eric Costa's kid goes to Penn uh-huh. State. His daughter does. Uh, he, he, you know, he watches a lot of Penn State football. Could Joey Porter Jr. be the guy? He's a pretty I, good I would kind player. I like it. Yeah. Good player. Uh, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. Uh, Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. Deontay Banks from Maryland. Get a mm. turp up in here? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, a guy who had 14 picks over three the past three seasons. If you're talking about you know not bringing back Marcus Speeders, I think getting turnovers is a high priority uh, for this team. Could he be a good fit? Um, those you know Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami. Those are some of the names that that would be I think under consideration.
2: Yeah, and we'll talk you know a lot. We'll about a lot those, more about the draft. A lot more about those guys. Um, but look, like, like I said at the top, I think this is—I just think it's just such an interesting offseason. season and there's just so there's so many ways it could go, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, uh,
1: a lot of it, as we said at the beginning, you, you have to resolve the Lamar situation to know what you have. Yeah, that that is going to dictate how much money the Ravens have, which dictates how much salary cap space they have to clear, which dictates how much aggressive they can be in bringing back some of their unrestricted free agents, which dictates you know how aggressive they can be on the open market, all that stuff. Yeah, Lamar's the the domino that yep. uh, needs to fall. So. Fingers crossed, that could happen anytime.
2: Yeah, so let us know what you think of the off our off season plan and roadmap here. Let us know what you would like to see happen over the All course right, of the off season. Laminating machine. You can email us. <laughs> you can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Any great off season plans that get emailed in, we'll, we'll add them to the laminator and then drop them off with our plan to no, Decosta. We no, we won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we already get enough
1: fans who are like, "Can you just tell DaCosta? And I have to be like, "It doesn't work that way." No, <laughs> the answer is no. My friends, I'm like you don't understand my job. (laughs) Uh, No. Anyway, we'll laminate ours. Ours are going there. But, But, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening as always. And we'll be back with you next
0: week.